East side, west side, north side, south side, inside, outside, near side, far side, left side, right side, strong side, weak side, your side, my side. In the middle of it all, it's curbside. Well, Merry Christmas, everybody, and we welcome you into Curbside, another edition where we're going away from the game and getting deeper into the game as we're joined by the Blues President of Hockey Operations and General Manager, Doug Armstrong. And, Doug, this is an exciting time for the Blues at this time of the year, and the primary purpose of sitting down with you right now is to talk about the World Junior Championships, which we know, you know, for diehard hockey fans maybe in the United States, it's on their radar for maybe new Blues fans. They may go, what in the world is the World Junior Championship? So without dumbing it down too far for maybe the, the, the people that don't know too much, but let's just re-describe for everybody exactly what the World Junior Championships are and, them, and what they mean. Well, they're played by players that are uh, under 20 years old. Uh, so think of the Olympics uh, for players under 20, and that's the World Junior Championship. It's the best of the best from all the hockey-playing countries, and uh, uh, it's a great honor to play in that tournament, and uh, a lot of the better players that play in that tournament go on to have very successful NHL careers. What type of experience does this tournament give those younger players? Well, they play on the big stage for sure. They're going to play in front of, uh, you know, depending on the size of the buildings, you know, 13, 14, 15,000 people. Uh, uh, depending where you're playing, that that could be a, that's a, a first-time experience. Uh, you get to play against your peer groups and the best players in the world. I think it's, uh, again, any anytime you can play with bright lights, it's, it's a good for your, it's a good learning experience. You know, when you look at it, and for the fans of me, and I know for, for folks up in Canada, this is about as big of a hockey tournament as exists every year, isn't it? It is. This is, uh, you know, kids grow up to to want to play in this tournament. It's a, it's a, a showcase on uh, the, the national network, TSN, up there. Uh, they build they build their, their Christmases around it, quite honestly, and the New Year's and the games. And uh, uh, Canada takes a lot of pride in putting players there. And quite honestly, the Americans do also now, too. It's something that they started that uh, U18 program to, to be ready for this tournament. They've had a lot of success, have a really good team again this year. And, uh, you know, with Sweden, Finland, Canada, the U.S., uh, uh, Czechs are, are always good. So it's a, it's a really good tournament uh, with best on best. How has the United States closed to the gap, in your opinion, in this tournament? I, I, I would think it goes back to probably Wayne getting traded to L.A. and uh, uh, the growth of hockey in Texas, the growth of ho- hockey in uh, California. Players from uh, Florida now play. So I think it's just expanded uh, the, the playing pool. Uh, and then uh, I think, like Americans, they like to win and they like to be the best at whatever they do. And uh, this gives them a great opportunity. That U18 program has done a great thing to to put them on the stage. And I think you, you look at uh, the hockey markets like St. Louis that had five players drafted that one year in the first round. It's, uh, you see that more and more players come from different places. Uh, maybe the greatest goal scorer of our time right now in Austin Matthews is uh, from Arizona. You know, that doesn't happen unless Wayne probably goes to L.A. So when you look at this year's upcoming tournament, and we'll talk about the games here in just a moment that are going to start. There's a pre-tournament game on the 23rd. Tournament starts on the 26th, right after Christmas. The St. Louis Blues have seven prospects playing in it this season. Now, that's more than they've had over the last three years combined. What excitement level does it mean, and should fans understand, knowing that seven potential future St. Louis Blues are all playing in this tournament? Well, I I think it's something that, you know, when you – when you project out back in 2020, uh, you project out for times like this. Uh, when we when we had our, our, our good run in 19, and then we sort of doubled down with some players uh, after that, and knowing that 
when the Tarasenko and O'Reilly contracts were expiring, which would have been the end of last year, we were going to start to rebuild. And I thought we did a pretty good job. Uh, you know, the year after we won, we were a good team. I sort of throw out the, the playoffs and the bubble in the whole next year when you played seven teams, and then we had 110 points the year after. Last year, we were disappointing, but out of that disappointment became became five players that are playing in this year's World Junior, two, three first-round picks. Our goal going into last season would have been to to push for a championship and uh, not have the prospect pool and start that process now. By having a, an off year last year, it allowed us to start that a year early and uh, hopefully get out of it a year too early too. Well, that is that is the goal. Experiences like this kind of tournament, does that help advance those younger players even that much faster? It certainly doesn't hurt. Uh, you know, I, I go back to playing best on best, putting yourself out there against your peer group, playing on big stages. Uh, I, I think it, it, can only, it can only benefit. It can't hurt. All right, let's take a look at some of the prospects that, that, that the Blues have going. First off, Dalibor Dvorsky, who was drafted by the Blues 10th overall. I love reminding people of this. That's the first forward the Blues have taken with a top 10 pick in the draft since they drafted Rod Brendamore, which is really kind of an amazing nugget when you think about it. He started his season over in Europe, and it, it didn't start well. And in, in the feel that you had, his he had, his representatives had, shoot, even the team over there had, you bring him over to play junior hockey up in Canada. How's it going for him, and how, how big of a move has that been? Well, a uh, little history on it. He, he went to play uh, in, in Sweden, and he went to a team that uh, uh, thought they were going to be maybe better than they were. And, and like all, all teams, when you're not playing well, you rely on veterans. So his ice time was getting diminished. Uh, and nobody, everyone uh, inside the group knew that that wasn't a good thing. At that age, you have to play and you have to play a lot. So we got with the representatives and the team and understood that it wasn't good for him, wasn't good for them, for him to be playing there the number of minutes he was and, and the role that he was playing. You want these players at, uh, at that age to be playing five on six, six on five, five on four, four on five, closing out games uh, when you're leading, trying to get back into games when you're trailing. And so when he came over to the... Uh, uh, Canadian Hockey League and the Ontario Hockey League, uh, he's had that opportunity. He's been a star, quite honestly, since he's been there. Now, from a U.S. standpoint, Jimmy Snuggerud, uh, an, an exciting player that, that you guys drafted a couple of drafts ago, playing his second season at University of Minnesota. How is his season going? Uh, it's actually been a, a learning season for him. I think coming in last year, he played with two star players that have gone on to the NHL. Uh, and Nice and Cooley, and this year obviously doesn't have the same supporting cast, so he's had to learn how to to adapt, and I think that's really good for his growth pattern. It's I think you grow when things are uncomfortable, and it was uncomfortable at the start of the year, but he's 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 playing good hockey. I think again, getting over there, playing on the top line at this tournament is going to be good for him. Going to play with with really good players, but uh, I think adversity uh, you you learn from that, and uh, it hasn't been a like a a bad year by by any stretch for the U, uh, but it hasn't been the year that he had last year. And I think he's learning things about himself and learning that you have to do different things to excel in this game. It do always doesn't come easily. And for a player like that, sometimes it might be enticing to say, do I turn pro a year early? Do I try it out? What did you feel was the importance for him to go back and, and frankly, his decision as well, to go back and have that second season? Uh, well, we felt strongly that uh, we were going to support whatever decision that, that he made. Uh, I thought that myself that going back for another year was going to be good for him uh a at that time Cooley was was potentially going to go back so I uh, but when he left you know again it's a leadership responsibility he has now on that team he's having to learn how to adapt his game to play with different players uh, do more things create more offense on his own now I uh, got a great shot so I just think again 
being the, the big fish in a little pond is always good for players. And I think, you know, not trying to rush the, these development. What, what we want to do is have them build foundations. So when they get to the NHL, it's not, it's not a flash in the pan. And uh, we were doing that with Bull Duke and Dean uh, this year. Uh, Dean played in this tournament last year, you know, for Canada last year. So it's, it's a process. And I think that he's uh, benefiting from being uh, at the University of Minnesota this year. All right, let's keep going through. Now, the, the cool thing, folks, is the Blues have seven prospects that are going to be playing in this tournament. That, as far as we can tell, historically a team record for the St. Louis Blues. One of the late first-round draft picks that you had this year from Sweden, Otto Stenberg. How has his, his season gone? I know you've recently just spent a couple weeks over in Europe. Yeah, he, he's playing very well. He's a very detailed player. Uh, he, For our fans, if you think Alexander Steen, that's the type of player you're going you're gonna to get. Uh, he plays both, both ends of the ice. Uh, detail-oriented, does a lot of things uh, that help you win that might not uh, show up in the score sheet. And you see that with his club team. He plays in the men's league over there against men, and he has a, he has a very uh, role. He has a role that, that they need reliability in, and he provides that. And now against his peer group, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. Again, not, not against men, but against his peer group. And uh, uh, early returns are that he's going to have a big, big impact on that team. And he was the captain of the U18 team last year. Uh, making the uh, World Junior team this year. And, and uh, if he doesn't make the NHL next year, he'll, he has an opportunity to go back again. So these are just great experiences. And for these guys to play in this tournament at 18, it, it's a big thrill. So Theo Lindstein also added to that team as well. So is it really neat to have a scenario where both guys that were picked late in that first round for you this year, both getting a chance to not only participate in it, but play together in it? Yeah, and, and in their home country, and they haven't won a gold medal in a while, and and there's a lot of uh, pressure that's going on in Sweden right now, and I think that's great. You know, the, you want to see how guys uh, uh, play under pressure, but I think to build this bond that these guys can have now, they they played at the U18s last year together, so they're familiar with each other. They've been in our development camp. They go back and they play against each other, and and, and but now they they reconnect and. Uh, as I said, he he's a defenseman, uh, a very think of Carl Gunnarsson style of player. You know, the the less you notice him, the better he was playing. And uh, good skater. Uh, I think he has a chance to have a good tournament also. And again, just even the opportunity to play this year, Curbs, knowing he can go back again next year, where he'll be a dominant player, he'll be asked to have a dominant role. I think gaining these experience, you, you go into the next time around, and you know you know what to expect. And uh, but we're excited that he, that he's on this team also. It's not always the high-round picks that get an opportunity to go, and this is where the Blues have some other ones. So in the third round back in 2022, Alex and Terry Kaskamaki from Finland, uh, what are the reports on him? I went and saw him play. He's playing very good again, playing in the men's league, uh, getting scoring opportunities, uh, plays a third-line center role over there. I think he'll have more of an offensive role at the World Junior team, uh, and I'm looking to see him, him do that again. When when you I was just there less than a month ago to watch these guys play against men and you can see they're 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 boys against men they're nineteen eighteen nineteen years old now they're they're boys against boys or young men against young men and so this is their peer group and uh, the game that they're playing uh, I think is going to translate really well against against the, this peers their peers. Yuri Pekarczyk, another one of the prospects that the Blues will have over there. He right now shares the lead in the in the USHL in assists, so he's having a good offensive season. Drafted 76th overall by the Blues this past summer in, in 2023. How are you monitoring him? Uh, he, he got off to, to a slow start, like most people coming from a different country, going into a different league. Uh, but he's really come on, really starting to come on and, and uh, at the rink and away from the rink too, uh, simulating to the North American lifestyle. And 
Uh, he was a guy that really had a great U18 tournament last year that got everybody's attention. Uh, I know our, our European scouts are really excited to get him, and he hasn't disappointed. Another player that's 18 that can play in this tournament for a couple of years, so I'm looking forward to watching him also. Jacob Stancil coming in. Another 2023 draft pick. So five of the eight picks that you had this season in this past summer's draft are playing in this tournament. What are the reports on him? Uh, very good. Uh, he, he's playing in the men's league in Sweden, and he's up and down from the junior team to the men's team. Uh, big centerman. Um, Alexander Steen really raves about his character and, and the way that he plays the game. Uh, he said, tells us he's mature beyond his years and his ability to, to understand the moment, understand, you know, play the time and score. And, and we, we see it at the NHL level too. Now younger players have a hard time uh, understanding time and score and place puck, uh, uh, puck placement and things like that. And, and uh, Steiner tells me he, he's advanced in that, and I'm looking forward to seeing that also. Doug, when fans go on maybe to Hockey DB and they want to look at the Blues prospects, especially the European ones, in, primarily in maybe the Swedish League or the, the Finnish League, you see offensive numbers that don't look the same as the offensive numbers you see in the Canadian Junior Leagues or, or the USHL, or even sometimes even you know, a higher point of game total from college. What can fans read from some of the offensive numbers is why maybe they're not as large in a couple of those European leagues? Well, I guess just think of all the numbers you're seeing from these Canadian Hockey League or college players and put them in the American Hockey League and see what those numbers look like. They would go way down because these guys are mostly playing against men. And it's hard to play against men. And you do get better at practice, but... You'll, you'll see these guys, that they, as they play against men, it's survival, and they're learning how to survive. And then at 19, at 20, at 21, you learn how to flourish. So you, you have to be very careful in the league they're playing against and the competition to, to judge their numbers. Can that make the prospecting aspect of trying to figure out how these players are going to be more difficult from your guys' standpoint? I personally like when they play a lower level. Uh, I, I, as I said, Dvorsky is a, a prime example. He plays every situation. He feels really good about himself. He feels good about his game. Uh, and, you know, I, I, Curbs, I'm a big believer that if you, if you want him to play important roles when they get to the NHL, you have to refer back to when you did it before. It's just not, okay, we want you to run the power play and then be angry at him. Well, I've never did that before. Well, like, you know, so now when, they, when they're playing against their peer group and they play important minutes in those situations that we're talking about, they touch every aspect. When they get to the NHL, they can refer back to having success at a, at a level before. And so I, I think that's really, really important. And, and I love to see them being able to do that. All right. So the World Junior Championships are coming up right after Christmas. The group stages begin and they begin early, 5 a.m. in the morning, Central Time on December 26th. The first game is going to feature Slovakia with Dvorsky and, and Perkacic, and that'll be versus Czechia with Stancil in it. USA is going to play Norway at 10 a.m. on December 26th. Most of these games you're going to be able to see on, on NHL Network. Are you heading back over to Europe? You got yeah. the passport ready again? Yeah, I got it all set up. I'm going to come uh, come to our game here on the 27th, then head over and uh, – uh, because we have so many players, this is something I've never done before uh, in my career or been with an organization. We're we're going to throw a party to, for all the families. You know, we're going to have seven uh, sets of parents with siblings around. The players won't be able to come because they'll be busy. But I think just getting a chance to meet these people, you meet them at the draft, but it's so quick. And I, I got to be honest with you, when, when I'm meeting them, it's usually after the first round. My mind's on the second round. My mind's on what are we going to do? Are we going to make trades? And so it's usually just a hello and congratulations and I move on. And now I'm actually going to get to spend some time with them. I, when I went over last time, I, you know, I had uh, dinner with Theo's parents and I, I meant uh, 
Casamaki uh, after the game, and then I, I met uh, Otto's parents. And so I, building relationships, I think, is important because you want them to know that when when their son comes over, they're going to a group, uh, an organization that cares about them, that's going to treat them well. We try and show them, the players, that in development camp and try and show the parents that when we get a chance to meet them. And a little familiarity amongst themselves helps making the adjustment coming over a lot easier, doesn't it? I mean, it just anybody with a kid out there, it, like they go to a college where they know somebody at college who works the same way. It, it sure does. I mean, you, and, and that's where when you, when you see a guy like Tarasenko come over here and you're like what he gets thrust into and, and any European, quite honestly, but you, you come from, uh, from Russia or, or a country that doesn't have a lot of access to, to, to the Western world, uh, you can be thrown. And so I think coming over with familiar people is really good and making them know they can trust us and, and that we're in it to, to make them better and let their parents know that too, I think goes a long way. Army, thanks so much for uh, the education, the scouting report. Good luck in Europe. Curbs, thanks, buddy. Merry Christmas.